Krusty, I'm man enough to admit I was wrong, and I'm sorry I fingered you in court. I sincerely hope that the horrible stories I heard about what goes on in prison are exaggerated. Welcome to Two Bad Neighbors. Okay, today we are going to be talking about three episodes, and we are going to be plowing through the rest of season one with, we did our, it. with our eyes squarely set on season two. Here we come. Eyes on the prize. Yeah, we did it. We did it, you guys. And this is it. Um, so, one out of ten. <laughs> Down. All right. One out of ten ain't bad, I yeah, always not, say. Not bad at all. My name's Alan. And I'm Greg. And this is Two Bad Neighbors. And, uh, before we get started reviewing this week's, uh, episodes, we gotta do a little segment called... Corrections, Corrections and, and Omissions. Gotta love it. Uh, I got one. Okay. Uh, so, I was, we were talking about, um, who is it, Charlie or Howard? From last time. Oh, right, yes. Who is his nuclear friend? Yeah. Uh, his name is Charlie. Okay. Um, and Howard's then, the duck later. Yeah, Howard's the duck. Yeah. yeah. And then um, Larry and Sam are the two other barflies. Okay. Yeah. Rarely named. Rarely named. Um, maybe in Some Enchanted Evening is the only time, they one of the only times that they actually do name them. Right, right. Um, Sam's the one with the hat. Larry's the one with the thin hair. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, and Charlie's the one who also works at the nuclear plant. Gotcha. Okay. So that's how you can tell the difference if you ever want to. I probably don't. Yep. Those are my uh, corrections slash omissions. Great. Um, this is a this isn't a correction or omission. It's actually a uh, a viewer viewer response. Viewer response. So so what does it does it is it correcting us on something? No, it's actually just uh, telling us a, a little story. A little uh, urban legend. All right, here we so, go. So this is from uh, from listener Jason Koi. I want to pronounce it Koi, but it might be Koi. It's K-O-O-Y. Oh, I know that guy. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, I was in a play with him. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, thanks for listening, Jason. Yeah, thanks, man. So uh, he <clears> says, <throat> uh, first of all, he enjoys the show, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Didn't have to read that part. Yeah, I know. But um, it's always nice to hear, so... <laughs> Um, so apparently there's an urban legend at Oral Roberts University okay. that the campus pastor was the inspiration for Ned Flanders. Mm. Um, now apparently Jason attended ORU from 1994 to 1998, mm-hmm. and he was an avid Simpsons fan at the time. And Simpsons was discouraged while he was there because, um, because of how the fact that, uh, well, actually he doesn't say if it's because, uh, you know, the, the urban legend, but, uh, yeah, we can it's, draw it, our own conclusion. yeah, it's interesting. He says it's interesting that, you know, you had to basically watch Simpsons secretly, but, uh, it, you know, Ned Flanders himself may have actually went to ORU. So, um, but yeah, which is, I mean, we never really talked about the idea of where the characters come from and a lot of them come from Matt Groening's own, uh, like in this, ep- in, in one of the episodes we're going to talk about. Right. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, things like, uh. Uh, a lot of the names are streets in Portland, mm-hmm. um, and uh, there's certain places in Portland that you can go to that have the uh, architecture of uh, Simpsons landmarks and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. like Burns Manor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that's well, kind of cool. If you ever go to Portland, there's actually like a... Uh, Burns was, Manor is both like a... A Citizen Kane thing. A Citizen well, Kane yeah. thing. Like, well, 
Um, mostly the the outer gates. Yes. Because it's got that circle circle B yeah. instead of a K. That's right. I mean, it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Which I love. Yeah. But uh, I was actually in Portland recently, and there was a like a Simpsons tour map mm-hmm. where it like had locations of. Uh, some of the streets, of course, and then certain, uh, like the Simpsons home mm-hmm. technically exists in Portland. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't look like the Simpsons home, but there's a place, there's 742 Evergreen Terrace exists in Portland. Oh, wow. And uh, apparently the people who live there get harassed often. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks, Jason, for bringing that to our attention. Uh, we'll be on the lookout for more Where Did These Characters Come From? Yeah. Um, and we'll talk actually about that in one of the three episodes that we're talking about today. There you go. And those three episodes are The Crepes of Wrath, Krusty Gets Busted, and we finally did it, Some Enchanted Some Evening. Some Enchanted Evening. Woot! Oh boy. I think that's actually a song, so you should find that song for when you edit this. Okay. Uh, Don't tell me how to choose songs. I'm just saying. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, okay. And, it is a good idea. You know, I, just, I just like to think of them myself. Yeah, I know, but I'm, so I'm really good at this, pride. so there you go. Well... <laughs> Crepes of Wrath it's a, it's a fun easter egg for our listeners it's like, Why do I choose the songs that I choose? Well, Sometimes they're more obvious than others Well if they listen past the song Then they'll find out why <laughs> Not no. always Well well, now they now they will Well in this episode, yes If, you use if that. I use that one yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to put in like Ignition Remix instead <laughs> just, to, just to fuck with people <laughs> Why do you choose that one? And then it'll be this like big conspiracy <laughs> Um, Lady Gaga song. It'd be really funny if I used Ignition Remix now, but I probably won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Um, so, Crepes of Wrath is the chalkboard first gags. Chalkboard gags for Crepes of Wrath. Uh, the chalkboard gag is um, the garlic gum is not funny. <laughs> garlic gum is not funny. Which is um, which is getting cleverer. Sure, it's um, still it's still like a you know. Something a young boy would do. Yeah. It's, Did you ever have garlic gum? Is that a prank that ever I got never, hit I never, you? No, I never knew it that... I never... I don't, I don't think I've ever had... I never like, heard of that until I actually saw this yeah, episode. Yeah, well, I, I haven't heard of garlic gum specifically, but I have heard of, like, prank gum. There's, like, fish-flavored gum, I remember, in... Uh, uh, There's a little novelty store in the place I grew up, Lethbridge, Alberta, which was called San Francisco. Uh-huh. And it was uh, a space like Spencer's Gifts now. Okay. It was a place like that. And uh, I recall there was a lot of little prank things. And there was there was fish-flavored gum. And I remember looking at it and just being like, why would anyone do this? <laughs> like, what what weird just schadenfreude give... would you have just to make someone eat fish-flavored gum? Or in this instance, garlic-flavored gum. Just like, haha, your mouth tastes bad now, idiot. Lols. Yeah, like it's just so it's so weird. LOL, fun zone. Pranks in general can be really a weird <laughs> idea behind them. Yeah, but they can be funny. Yeah, I think they're more funny now because of YouTube. Pr- they, when you been... think about it, pranks done in the past was just for like your own selfish but <laughs> eyes. Now it's for now millions. it's for millions. So and can you really say it's selfish? And America's Funniest Home Videos is also a... well. That would be the precursor to That's it. That's right. Yeah. Right. That would be the precursor to... Even though, even though, like, America's Funniest Home Videos was mostly just about people falling down. Yeah. Right? That's true. Of their own stupidity. It's true. Right? Yeah. I'm, like, or I'm going to try Every and, so like, often there's some pranks in there. But yeah. For the most part, it's, yeah, it's just home videos gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh, the baby's taking the first step. Oh, no, the dog just ran it over. <laughs> oh, it's dead now. Um, oh, no, the baby's falling down the stairs. Yeah. Uh, Bob couch... Saget makes a voice to go with it. Yeah. The couch gag is nothing. 
So we've new. we've come to the conclusion they basically made four different couch gags for this season. For the entire just, season. just recycled them. And I was hoping for maybe one unique one, but nope. No, not We not made it through the whole one. season without any uniqueness. Yeah. So good work, everyone. It starts each episode off on an even lower note. Yeah. Every time. Anyway. That being said. <laughs> this episode actually opens with the best joke in the episode. Homer falling down the stairs. Homer falling down I the agree. stairs and staying there for hours and hours and hours uh, until Bart's toy Krusty runs out of batteries. <laughs> um, That's a great gag. It's a really great gag. Uh, what does he do? He, um, Bart's room is incredibly messy. Yeah, Bart is a fucking slob. Yeah, yeah. He like incredibly messy. And Homer trips over his skateboard. Yes, that'll happen more. Yeah, in the episode falls down the stairs in. <laughs> with cl- a classic Dan Castellaneta fall down the stairs noises. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you just oh, love... uh, son of a. <laughs> you just love his noises that he oh, makes. Oh, I do. Just the... I love just the the subtlety to his his performances. Sometimes are so funny. Yeah, they're mostly in Homer's. Yeah. Noises. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a lot of them to do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's the mo- place where he's most allowed to play. It's true. Right. Yeah. So. Um. And when uh, Homer, when when Homer's lying there on the floor, and the and the dog comes to co- comes to him and just lies and falls asleep Licks on him, licks his face and then sleeps on him. Yeah. And Maggie, Maggie does the same. Crawls all over his face. Yeah. And then gives him her, her her soother. Yeah. And then Marge and Lisa come home and find him on the ground and just get the boy. <laughs> the boy, bring me the boy. <laughs> it's the best joke of the whole episode. It's, and it's really a, funny. It's a great extended gag. Yeah. Um. It's a great, great idea to use the Krusty doll to show the passage of time. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like it running out of batteries is so funny. It's so <laughs> funny. Um, this episode has four credited writers again. Um, yeah, Sam Simon, mm-hmm. John Schwartzwelder, there he is, John Vitti, and George Meyer, mm, who we haven't, who we haven't talked about yet. This is his first writing credit. This is his first writing credit, and I'm really glad we get to talk about him now because I was worried because he doesn't have many writing credits. Um, reason being because he doesn't write first drafts. That's right. He just he's the punch up guy. Yeah, he is the king, as they as they say. I mean, we probably would have talked about him. We're gonna be. We're going to talk about everything in this encyclopedic compendium of Simpsons knowledge. <laughs> That's right. Um, Haven't missed a thing yet. So. Nope. Not a single thing, <laughs> according to our listeners. We haven't missed a single, single thing. thing. Send us your errors and omissions. <laughs> to where? <laughs> the hammock district on third at gmail.com. That's T H E H A M M O C K O N. Three There's RD. A, one M? What? There's only one M? No, no shit. <laughs> Let me try again. T-A-G-H-A-M-M-O-C-K-D-I-S-T-R-I-C-T three, the number three, RD at gmail.com. So the hammock district third. Oh shit. You missed O-N. <laughs> it's really hard to spell it in my brain. <laughs> if I had it written. It's really long. <laughs> It's a really hey long. Jason Coy has found us just fine. <laughs> Email address. We need to put it on the Facebook page. Is what we need to do. I thought it was. It's not. Oh, okay. Well, that's my bad then. Yeah. 
It is. I mean, it's also your bad for not bringing it up until now. Well, I didn't know it wasn't on there until now. Play the blame and I've game. been getting it wrong every single time. <laughs> I can't. I still Have you been trying to email us. <laughs> I s- no. I still can't check our email. <laughs> It's like, you send me the password, it doesn't work, so it must be the Gmail account. Like, it must be the Gmail address. And I'm like, what is it? I don't know. So, I just want you to know I spent an hour today doing that. Okay. Uh, Let's get into this episode, shall we? What's Um, this episode about? This episode is about Bart pulling a prank that goes horribly, horribly right, and um, it infuriates Skinner, Mm -hmm. and... Skinner suggests that Bart gets deported from the country because of this. Yes. And he goes Pretty standard on, yeah, thing to do for children. Standard. Maybe. Expulsion won't work, so let's yeah. deport him. Ten-year-old children. Yeah, absolutely. So he Bart goes to France and is there treated like a slave mm-hmm. to these horrific French winemakers. That's right. Meanwhile, the Simpsons get their own Bart replacement in the form of an, of an Albanian, Al- Albanian exchange student named Adil. 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 The deal, um, and hijinks ensue. One might on say both they're sides. getting a deal out of this exchange. They are because um, a deal is actually like apparently Homer likes him. Homer loves him. Yeah, Homer. like immediately. Yeah. What does um, Lisa say? She's like your paper thin. <laughs> your commitment to, to your, your children, children <laughs> disheartens me. Or something. Yeah, yeah. I like how she calls him out on it. Yeah. Um, so turns out he's an Albanian spy. Called the Sparrow. The Sparrow. Yeah. Who's uh, using Homer to get information about their nuclear power plant. Yeah. And uh, all gets set right in the end. Yep. Moving on to the next episode. Uh... <laughs> what did you think of this episode on rewatch? Um, yeah, you know, on rewatch, it's not nearly as uh, depressing as I remember it. I found it it's, more so. Really? Okay. It's yeah. still very depressing. Yeah. I just, in my brain, I, I forgot about the whole Albanian child coming to America. And it was all about Bart just getting treated like garbage for the whole episode. And so, like, having those moments of levity with the Albanian kid Mm -hmm. made it less of a chore. Mm -hmm. Um, I still just, oh man, when he's, like, outside in the rain Mm -hmm. and just, like, his feet covered in grape juice and all this stuff. It's just, it's so, it's so sad. Yeah, it's really disheartening. And, uh, yeah. um, Apparently there, that's, well, obviously it's real French. It is, yes. But they're, that they're also speaking real Albanian. Uh, yeah, uh, they they have it tra- have like subtitles for a lot of it, but a lot of it they don't. Um, in the beginning, where Adil first leaves his family, uh, I looked it up. Apparently, he says, uh, you know, goodbye, family, and then they say write often, and then he says farewell. <laughs> it's pretty much the translation. That's uh, so it's, it's very it's, very simple. It's pretty minor. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine Albanian is an easy language. Yeah. I will say a lot of the French is very, very loosely translated. Like, the, they speak very... It's not good French. No? <laughs> no. Like, I speak French not like not well anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty rusty, but even I could tell, like, a lot of the translation is pretty, like, direct translation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as with many languages, when you translate directly, it a lot of the nuances of the... Of the language uh, get lost. Well, it turns into Google Translate. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so a lot of the things the winemakers were saying to each other about you know putting antifreeze in the wine and uh, giving uh, giving the hat to the donkey and all that kind of stuff. You know, it has a tra- the subtitles on the bottom, and I'm just like, that's the just you're just take you're just Google translating basically. 
before Which Google. is fine, yeah. Yeah. Which is actually, the antifreeze in the wine is actually a reference to an actual scandal. That's right. Yeah. An actual Austrian wine scandal. Yes. According to Wikipedia, it's called believe... the 1985 diethylene glycol wine scandal from Austria. Austria. And, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was uh, part of that, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why he became Mr. Antifreeze in the Batman movie. In Mr. Freeze. Oh, is it Mr. Freeze? Yeah, he was, was Mr. Antifreeze. No, he was trying to clean up his image. Oh, I see. After so it he was tarnished. He didn't want to antifreeze that. things. Because as you know, between 1985 and uh, the release of Batman and Robin in 1997, mm-hmm. uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was blacklisted. He didn't work. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That was his, his big comeback. Yeah. Yeah. And and boy, was it a comeback. It was. It really was. Yeah. You know, we will never forget such great lines as... The Iceman cometh. <laughs> <laughs> which i can't believe he actually says but there's oh, there's a there, there's a whole uh I, did I play, you i play did, quizzes on this website called sporkle sometimes sure and there's a whole quiz that's can you pick out the lines that arnold schwarzenegger says in batman and robin as mr freeze yeah and it has a whole list of them some are fakes mm-hmm. most of them are real and you yeah. like click on the ones you think are real and it's crazy how many i thought were fake that mm-hmm. were actually real mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and if you wanted to know the um, the direct link between the Avengers, Age of Ultron, mm-hmm. and Batman and Robin, yeah, I do. They both have a Eugene O'Neill reference. What? Really? <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark says, "I've had a really long day." Eugene O'Neill long, yeah, yep. reference to Long Day's Journey into Night. Great. And Arnold Schwarzenegger says, "The Iceman Cometh," a Which reference is, uh... to Eugene O'Neill's play, "The Iceman Cometh." Great. So there you go. <laughs> One of those lines is kind of clever. (laughs) You guess which one. It's not the one you're thinking. (laughs) Um, So, yes, there is a real Albanian. Um, I enjoyed the camaraderie between Skinner and Homer. um, And them (laughs) being really excited to get rid of Bart. Um, And one of the things that I also enjoyed was... Um, Lisa listing off the things, like some factoids about Albania, hmm. including the seal of Albania, um, the two-headed eagle on a red background. This is, slash was, the actual seal of Albania. I don't know if it is anymore, hmm. um, but it definitely was um, during the World War One era. Great. It's a pretty it's badass good. seal. It's a good thing they got that correct. That would have been embarrassing oh i mean it's just interesting that they took the time to get it <laughs> no i know I just... um and i like Wouldn't how be she... weird if they just like made shit just... up about albania <laughs> well <laughs> i i kind of would expect them to is the thing yeah. right i kind of would expect them to like make up like maybe two truths and a lie right right well you look at like the future of the simpsons where you know an episode is the simpsons go to blank mm-hmm. and often they're just filled with the most obvious stereotypes mm-hmm. like purposefully you know what i mean australia one is a good example that one's so funny i oh, can't I wait it. to get to that one <laughs> australia america australia, america <laughs> you're america sir don't put up with that kind of crap here sir um also the first appearance of agnes skinner yeah first first appearance of agnes skinner her voice isn't all there yet no, it's a lot sweeter than she yeah. Done. Like late, like later, she's much angrier. Yeah. Uh, like just think of the the you know you can't have that cake. That's a coconut cake line. 
<laughs> compared to when she's like, oh, he seems like such a sweet young man. Yeah. Like, she's very old, kind old Is this woman. the only time that she references her son as Spanky? I, I'm pretty sure, you know, I may be, th- I, I can't say 100%. Mm-hmm. In my brain, she says it again mm-hmm. in later episodes. But I might just remember it because she says it so like quite a few times in this episode. For me, I feel like they almost retcon Agnes Skinner for a little while. Because <laughs> you don't see her for quite some time. And she takes on this sort of like um, omnipotent presence over Skinner in the later episodes. Right. Um, well, not later episodes, in like season 2, 3, 4, 5. Um, or maybe 2, 3, 4. Um when he's when he like looks out the window in this principal's office and she it's the psycho house right right yeah, yeah. and he's like but it's like i'm supposed to be here mother i work here <laughs> and uh he's obviously got a serious complex yeah going on like yep. you don't see her very often after this episode yeah like until um, that uh relationships established yeah i think sweet seymour skinner's badass song is where she makes her most prominent appearance after this which episode is That's that? Season five. It's where Skinner gets fired. Oh yes, I needed those underwear. <laughs> I really, really did. did. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great, great episode. Um, but before that, they take on like because because they establish pretty early on that Skinner's a Vietnam vet, mm-hmm. um, and they give him this darkness that they love to go back to yeah. for for comedic purposes. Yeah, and it's really great, especially when you don't see her, but she's mentioned yeah like like this icy scythe of a mother <laughs> hanging over him like he's some sort of anthony perkins yeah it's really it's really funny um i have many issues with my beloved smother mother, mother. <laughs> uh, yeah uh the prank that goes wrong in the beginning is bart basically crippling skinner's mother that might be why bomb. we don't see her for a while <laughs> who knows <laughs> Um, um, after two months of hell, Bart learns French. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's the classic, I don't know how to speak le français. What? Je parle le français maintenant. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you could speak it. (laughs) Which is always like a weird trope to me. Is that a trope? Uh, I've seen at least one other instance. So Um, then it must be a trope. Yeah, sure. Ugh. I'd say so. What? Nothing. Alright. I'm thinking specifically of uh, uh, How I Met Your Mother. Where, um... She, oh wait, is it How I Met Your Mother? No, sorry, it's uh, Happy Endings. Mm-hmm. Where the one girl finds out she can speak a different language when she's drunk. That's funny, though. I didn't say it wasn't funny. <laughs> Happy Endings is a good show. That is a good show. I was glad you... Vastly underrated. Yeah, I was glad you moved from How I Met Your Mother to Happy Endings, <laughs> which is a vastly better show. You might say that was a happy ending to that story. Uh, it was. Great. I would say that. Great. There you go. Old rub and tug story. All right. Um, so... Furious political thought is put to work. <laughs> yes. Because um, that was the last thing that Lisa mentioned, that Albania's chief export is furious political thought. <laughs> and her first conversation with Adil... Is how Adil says that capitalism is like workers in capitalism are just oiling the like the greases right. of the the system that only support the wealthiest five percent. Uh huh. <laughs> Homer's oblivious. Yeah, I just love how Homer comes in and like he's like maybe you're right, maybe you're right, and he just 
<laughs> he has no idea what he's saying. No, he doesn't know what they're saying. But it's it's funny that it's coming out of Homer's mouth. Um, and probably, like, the I found the biggest problem with this episode is that there weren't, like... I wasn't really laughing that much yeah. in this episode. I find that the biggest problem with this season yes. in general. Um, but it's it was, like, it was really prevalent, I felt, in this episode. Like, I know they, they wanted the parts where Bart was being, like, essentially tortured. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine them not wanting those to be for laughs. Yeah. Right? Um, but they weren't. They weren't funny. Yeah. No. Right? And every time they went back to the Albanian story, I was just getting over seeing Bart being just tortured. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was like, okay, the Albanian story is clever. Yeah. Um, especially, my final note, is meeting the Sparrow's American spy counterpart. That's right. It's like a weird Bart doppelganger. Yeah, and... kind of a Bart doppelganger, but he's like just, just this American child spy. <laughs> uh, so you have to stop meeting like this. <laughs> I'm getting too old for this game. <laughs> All right, kids, let's go. <laughs> it's it's clever. Yeah, I like that's that's a good joke to end the to end the episode on, which is essentially what happens, mm -hmm. right? Because mm -hmm. then Bart immediately comes back, and it's not funny from there. Um, but I found all of the jokes or attempts at humor in the in in France and wine country just fell flat. Yeah. Especially on this time around. Um also it's really weird like cuz he he finds this policeman and he tries to get help from this policeman and he's like, "Oh, I don't speak English, so I can't help you." And he's like, "Ah, rats." And he walks away. And like I feel like if a policeman actually stumbled upon a small child alone who like clothes are tattered and he's like speaking to him clearly needing help he wouldn't just be like i don't understand you so see you later <laughs> like he would be like let's get you some help clearly you're not familiar with the parisian police force you're correct i'm not how familiar are you very oh <laughs> let me tell you something please do they do not like anyone who doesn't speak <laughs> french so that parisian police officer was the best one was... of them all because he gave him a candy <laughs> To try and shut him up. <laughs> because he was speaking this vulgar English. Here, of a candy, dumb American. And then he goes and lights a cigarette and That's says, right. What the fuck do you want from me? <laughs> How do you say that in French? I, I don't know. I didn't think so. Yeah. Um, so, I don't have much else to say about this episode. Yeah, uh, I just have one other little fun fact. Sure. Uh, the French... Uh, evil French dudes uh, whistle the song Alouette, which you're probably familiar with. No. No. Alouette, gentil Alouette. Alouette, je te All right. Uh, it's about a, a young boy who basically plucks feathers out of a bird. Mm. It's really dark, and sure. children sing it. Anyway, it's a it's a French it's Canadian. Like around the rosy. Yeah, it's a French Canadian song, so people in France probably oh, they would be despise it. it. Yeah. Because uh, they hate. Because they, they hate, also hate, hate Quebec. Quebec yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, it's clearly, you know, the writers putting in something, they're like, oh, this is a French thing, let's put it in. <laughs> and just, uh, really dropped the ball on, uh, Fr France culture, so. Sure did. Way to go, idiots. Yeah, sure did. We here at Two Bad Neighbors love The Simpsons. <laughs> we don't mean to decry Well, the we're creators. about to, because oh, our next episode is Krusty Gets Busted. Krusty Gets Busted. Arguably the best episode of the season. I would say, not arguably, I would say <laughs> by far the best episode of the season. Do you know what arguably means? Um, it means you can argue that it is the best. Ye, um, so you, by you saying... But you could also argue that it wouldn't be the best. 
that is what arguably no, implies. No, arguably it just means, like, I could argue that this is the best one. I don't even think there's an argument to be made. Okay. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You understand what I'm saying? I do, I do. There isn't an argument I'm saying, to be made. I'm saying other people... I'm agreeing with you, <laughs> and Why you're trying always... to make me feel small. Why do we always Let's fight just like move this? on to this, okay? <laughs> Couchboard gags. Couchboard gags. Dee, dee, dee. Uh, chalk. They are laughing at me, not with me. Kind which, of depressing. Which is so sad. Because <laughs> uh, not only, like, look at the, like, think of the scenario in which he's forced to yeah, write this. Yeah. It's like he made a joke of some kind. Yeah. And all the kids laugh. Yeah. And then he, and then they're like, the teacher says something and he's like, no, they're laughing, they're laughing with me. And he's like, no, they're not. No, they're not. Now I'm going to prove it they to you. They all hate you. Yeah. Stay behind after class and write over and over on the board how much, how much of an alone person you are in this world. Wow. <laughs> the couch gag's garbage. It's the Maggie one. <laughs> Anyway, um, written by Jay Kogan and Wallace Walidarski. That's right. Uh, Who's Wallace, it directed by? Uh, I don't know. I can't, is it Brad Bird? It's Brad Bird. Yes! <laughs> yes! I love Brad Bird. Uh, who doesn't? For the record. Who doesn't? Um, Alan, if you will, go over his filmography. <laughs> oh, right. Well, we got The Iron Giant. Superman. We got The Incredibles. Yeah. We got uh, Ratatouille. Yeah. Another Pixar. Uh, and Some we got, of Pixar's best that's films. That's right. I would argue their best films. The, uh, um, you, you think Incredibles I think and Ratatouille? Incredi- I think Ratatouille, absolutely. I think Incredibles is is up there. Like, See, I, I'm right there with you with Ratatouille. So many people don't think so. Oh, really? Oh, it's I, I think it's it one be, of my favorites, if not my favorite. I think it might be, and I know like you don't like this word, but I really do think it is an underrated Pixar sure. film. Yeah, like, no. in, in the grand scheme of things, like when you stack it up to WALL-E, it's usually not mentioned in the same conversation as WALL-E and Up and The Incredibles. Right. Right? But it for the should record, be. For the record, I don't mind the term underrated. It's overrated that I got Okay, mind. okay. And his live action debut? Uh, Ghost Protocol. The Mission best Impossible. Mission Impossible movie. And the upcoming Tomorrowland. I'm so looking forward to that. Which I was not looking forward to until I found out he was directing it. <laughs> Trailer looks great. It looks confusing, but... Sure does. <laughs> All I care is that it's an original movie. That's, that's true, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it's based on the, the land at Disney World. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. Like, like very subtly, or like very basically. Oh. Oh well. I don't think there'll be like they're not going to go on the space mountain ride or anything. I don't think. That's good. I hope not. I hope they we do. Need to, we need I to, liked Space Mountain. We need to find the 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 jewel quick to Space Mountain. To space Mountain. <laughs> it's in the center of Space it's in Mountain. The center of Space Mountain. How do we get there? There's a roller coaster. Well, we have coaster. to wait on the wait in the line. <laughs> don't but worry, if, you, if a... you use Disney Fast Pass, we can get. In line electronically, and then go buy some churros. And then once we come back... Try the churros. <laughs> we can go on the ride much quicker. Fast Pass is actually really great. I know. I went, no, have I, you been to Disneyland since yeah, they introduced it? No, I went to... Uh, I went when they had, like, the express line. Right. It's, I think it's, 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 it's just essentially the, the same thing, but, they, yeah. but it was... But Fast Pass is electronic, right? Yeah, so basically yeah. you go you go to the ride, you, like, punch the buttons, like, give me the Fast Pass thing. Yeah. It prints out a little thing, it's like, your Fast Pass entry time is this time. Mm-hmm. And then you leave, go do other things. Mm-hmm. And then, so that way, when the ticket says, you know, like, 5 o'clock or whatever, you go at 5 o'clock, instead of waiting in the regular line, which is, like, to the end, yeah. you go in the Fast Pass line, which has, like, maybe 20 people. Yeah. And it's just, like, and, like, they have priority as well, so anyone waiting in the regular Schmo line, 
get like have to watch all the people in the fast pass line go on in front of them. It's yeah. like, yeah, hey, fuck you, idiots. Yeah, no, it's the greatest it's, feeling. It's in a the great. World. It's yeah. a, it's a really smart idea for. Uh, an amusement park that's insane with the volume of people that go and it's also the greatest feeling in the world for the people in the line (laughs) that's right because it's like oh my god i'm so much better than you guys (laughs) oh my god can you feel it can you feel the failure wash over you must be what like like wheelchair people feel all the time all the time yeah yeah in in life and amusement parks yeah moving on moving on uh this also opens with an excellent joke but there's going to be more than just one in this episode. That's right. Um, who do you love? Krusty. How much do you love him? So much. And what would you do if Krusty was ever off the air? We'd, We'd kill, kill ourselves. ourselves. That's so, so dark. Dark and funny. This is what the kids chant every, every single episode. episode. It's so great. Um, <laughs> and we get to see Sideshow Bob again. In his true form. In his form. revamped form. Yeah, in his revamped With form. his palm tree hair instead of his afro. Yeah. He's less fat. That's true. He's yeah. a little bit chubby. Yeah. Um, and he gets shot out of a cannon. Oh my god, it's great. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's, the they're actually, they're is... using some, they're using, they're actually using animation for animation in this episode. For comedic purposes. And it's really, and it's, yeah. really great. It pays off. Yeah. Um, I love how it just singes his afro <laughs> off completely. It just falls great. over and he just slides out. <laughs> just slides out of the cannon. Thumps. You... Uh, it's never worked before. Maybe that's because we didn't use it's enough gunpowder. Gun <laughs> They're not even trying to be clever about it. Nope. It's like, we're just going to pour more gunpowder yep. in here. That's going to be funny. Right? <laughs> and it is. Yeah, it's like, trust us, this will be funny. And then, it, it, is. it it's is. Funny. It's funny. It's great. Um, and then, Krusty says, I didn't do it. Which is weird. That's super weird. <laughs> like, clearly in the episode, they were just using it as a... Uh, for the later the the plot where he's yeah, framed, yeah, right? Yeah. So like uh, he's walking up to the police station, Bart's like, "Say it ain't so." Yeah. He's like, "I didn't do it." Like yeah. in, in sincere earnesty mm-hmm. and um, earnest sincerity. Sincere Either earnesty. One. Either one's fine. Ernest and Ernestine. <laughs> the importance Ernestine of gets the importance trout. of being earnest. Yes. <clears throat> Ernest goes scared stupid. Um, Ernest goes to jail. Ernest <laughs> saves Christmas. What are we doing? Ernest goes to war. <laughs> Is that one? Ernest Fast and Furious. Seven. Seven. <laughs> oh, boy. I almost Don't dropped my drop laptop. laptop. Oh. It's expensive. Yeah. Well, I do have Apple Care. Oh, great. So I could just, like, throw it out the window. Wow. Essentially. And they just replace it. And they just give it, give me a new one. That's amazing. Yeah. But now that it's on record, I don't think I can do that. Oh, no. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> It's a weird clause in their contract. Well, if they found out you... If you podcast about this. If you intentionally did it. Oh, I see. And, like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, anyway. They'd find out. Um, so the the entire idea of this episode is very simple. Krusty is framed for robbing the Quickie Mart. Homer is a witness. This leads to his sidekick, Sideshow Bob, taking, taking over, over the show. And Sideshow Bob is a, revealed to be... The nemesis. Yes. Well, first he's revealed to be a very well-spoken, intelligent man. Voiced by who? Voiced by Kelsey Grammer. Oh! Who's just the loveliest voice. I wrote down, actually, um, Sideshow Bob opens his mouth for the first time, and it is bliss. Mm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It truly is. Like, like, 
him him talking. Oh God, I could listen to Kelsey Grammer all day. Oh, it's, he's great. Like it's why Frasier is still a good show. It's true. <laughs> right? Like there's so few actual comedies, like sitcom straight straight up sitcoms that from the nineties. Yeah. That hold up. Seinfeld is one, and I do believe that Frasier also more more often than not does still hold up because of the strength of of the um of uh what's Kelsey Grammer's voice Kelsey Grammer and um oh, what's Niles? his name yeah what's his David name David Hyde Pierce David Hyde Pierce yeah um they both they they both work off each other so incredibly well and they have yeah. just just the smoothest most eloquent voices and it's great you know what i never realized about Frasier is that the like calls to his radio station are all like celebrities Oh really? Yeah, like so. I had no idea. So yeah, there's a, a montage on YouTube, I think, that just like will just play identifies all, them. Yeah, it'll just play all the uh, the calls into his radio station, and it like will tell you like who the celebrity is that's calling in, and it's really cool. Like I never realized that was a thing that they did. They just got their you know people they knew in the in the business to yeah. like, call in and and do be a different patient for or a bit, you know a different character, and so some big names call in and that's voice, awesome. voice cameo basically. It's that's really cool. that's really great. I like that a lot. Um. So this episode, uh, I think it's the I think it's the premise of the episode that is it's so simple mm-hmm. and it's it's so it's out there right. It's the first one that's truly like that's kind of out there. Yeah. Um. For this, and it's it's not it's not based in the family. Right. Right. Um. Although it eventually it does come back to the Simpsons, right? As it all does, but like the the main characters really are Sideshow Bob and Krusty in this episode, right? Um, and I think by doing a premise that is just, like, so simple and yet so universal, right? Someone gets framed for a crime they didn't commit. The writers are able to... The writers in the room, anyway, are able to punch up the jokes and make them so frequent and, like, so fast, right? Because Apu gets about three or four good laughs yeah. in this episode alone. <laughs> Right when he's when he's uh, they're like looking at the magazine. He's like, he's like, this isn't a lending library. If you're not going to buy that, I'll shoot your heads off. <laughs> yeah. Blow your heads off. I'll blow your heads off. Yeah. He's, and when they, well, when they come in, it's like it's like I'm watching you. I'm armed to the teeth. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and before that, when he gets robbed, it's like it's like it's fill like, yeah, up yeah. a bag full of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know how to. I know how these I know the robbery... procedure for an armed robbery. Yeah. I work at a convenience store, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, that's actually really funny when yeah. he says it. It's really great. Um, but the other thing about this episode is that it's a it's a great like mystery. It is. They right? actually they and they pepper in. They the... put in the little clues, and then uh, Bart and Lisa become little junior detectives, mm-hmm. and they, they solve it, and it's great. It's, yeah. it works all really well, and uh, you know, on rewatch, it's uh, you can see the clues. You, you that's see them the all thing. dropped in immediately. Yeah. Like it's never, it's it's all clearly plotted out. Yeah, it's not it's not impossible to solve, and you could solve it before they do. Yeah, a great precursor to the Who Shot Mr. Burns two parter. Yeah, yeah, really, it is. <laughs> yeah, um, there are a couple of good episodes with mystery plots in The Simpsons. Uh, this is obviously the first one. Um, also, speaking of firsts, we have the first appearance of Kent Brockman and Scott Christian. Who's Scott Christian? He's the other news anchor that appears very, very rarely in the first few seasons, and mm-hmm. then never again. Never again. Just like no, just always Kent Brockman. Obviously. Always Kent Brockman. But he he's in the he's before Kent Brockman in this episode. Cause he's That's like, right. He's like I'm filling in for Kent Brockman. 
<laughs> I think that was a joke. That yeah, was supposed to be a joke. Like, so. like tonight, um, like I was like the show is called with Kent Brockman. Yeah, or whatever. So with Kent like, Brockman. Yeah. I'm Scott Christian filling in for Kent Brockman. Yeah. Um, it's like it <laughs> just reminds me of uh, Dan Castellaneta's character on Parks. Oh yeah. <laughs> thoughts for your thoughts. Um, yeah. But I was gonna say, uh, uh, we get an itchy and scratchy episode in this in this episode. We do, yeah. It's a very brief one. Yeah, very. It's called Burning Love. And I... Basically just sets him on fire. (laughs) I I would bet money that, that, like, Schwarzwalder came up with that one. Yeah. (laughs) But then we we also get a very uh, early example of cartoon meta-commentary, which is often... Itchy and Scratchy is often used as meta-commentary on on The Simpsons. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know... uh, Lisa says... Oh, I got the exact quote here. Uh... Cartoons, if cartoons were meant for adults, they'd be on in prime time, <laughs> which The Simpsons was. Yeah. So it was just a little subtle, subtle, uh, not subtle, but little, uh, small meta commentary on the yeah. own show. Yeah. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, so we're talking about Kent Brockman, and that leads to my favorite joke of the episode. Yeah. Which is the kind of history of Krusty. So specifically, <laughs> I wrote that down, yeah. yeah. Specifically his heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> that's, he's, that's another that's another part where this just laugh out loud, please. Yeah, so he's he's describing all these meats like ham and and <laughs> so, bacon and he's just like up close bacon. to them and he's just like smelling them, he's just like he's so excited and then he has a heart attack <laughs> and collapses and the kids are cheering and laughing and he's like, I'm dying. Yeah. Um and then uh, the second part of the joke that I love is, it, you know, Krusty bounced back, and he's back on his show, but it's like, he was never the same. And Sideshow Bob slowly, like, pies him in the face, and it just lets it drip away, and then Krusty just, like, punches him right in the face really quickly. It's so funny. It's yeah. such a great little joke with no dialogue that I just love it. Uh, one of my favorite parts of that that is same, like, I think we got to a... A good joke, better joke, best joke, uh, just snowball mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. Um, because it starts out with just a really great gibberish line. Um, Beloved children's entertainer, Krusty the Clown, started out as a street mime in Tupelo, Mississippi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> what is that? Um, and this is also before must be they... before they've established his Jewish heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Well... Is it? I mean... He, well, he could have started out performing as a street mime in Tupelo, Mississippi. I feel like the the flashbacks we get in later episodes disprove that. That's fair. But, I mean, whatever. It's not known for its, <laughs> it's continuity. No. <laughs> um, this is also before they did... Well, I, yeah, I guess season one isn't continuity at all. Yeah. Because this is before they determined that his face wasn't makeup. That's right. <laughs> 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 well, it could be argued that that's later. It gets permanently <laughs> melded on. Yeah, his he face. says it. This ain't makeup. This ain't makeup, and that's and supposed then, to be one-off joke, not a continuity. But thing. then Rory B. Bellows, that's right, is made up, and when he swims to shore, all the makeup all the comes off, and, and he's just a clown. clown face underneath. Yeah. yeah. Um, this also would be the episode that uh, silently uh, squashed the idea that Matt Groening had to have Homer be crusty. Yeah. Um, originally when Krusty was created, 
um, on the Tracy Ullman show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the idea behind it, and the reason why he looks so much like Homer in design, is that the idea was it would be revealed at the end that Homer was crusty all along. In a clever, you know, Homer is Bart's kind of worst enemy, and Krusty is his hero. Mm-hmm. And so the idea was, you know, your hero has been here all along. It's not as mad. It doesn't sound as bad at the beginning of the series. No. But after, but now, it sounds like the dumbest idea ever. Because yeah. <laughs> um, Krusty is just such an interesting and wonderful character mm-hmm. in and of himself. He's like, he's one of my favorite secondary characters. Yeah. Um, mainly... Like, honestly, it's mainly because of Castellaneta's performance. Yeah, it's Once great. again. Yeah. Um, just how he's just always just, like, exasperated and giving up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he does Krusty a great get... dichotomy be- between his performing, performing persona and his off-stage persona. Yeah, it's it's so great. Um, the one where he gets uh, busted for tax evasion, mm-hmm. it might be my favorite one. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, just... Favorite just, Krusty episode? Just to... Um, just, just the the dichotomy that you're talking about. Oh, that's good. Like yeah. it's a, my favorite example of that. Right. Um, because you see him on on the show and how much everybody loves him, and then you see him just at the bottom of it. Um, but my my favorite Krusty episode is probably Krusty gets canceled. That's a great one. Yeah. I think mine is Homie the Clown. That's a, also a really good one. <laughs> also a really good one. Um, we have some. Familiar faces in the courtroom scene when Krusty is on trial for um, the robbery of the Quickie Mart. Mm-hmm. We meet Judge Roy, Roy right. Snyder for That's the right. first time. Right. And we have a precursor to Lionel Hutz. That's right. I, I wrote that. I was like, no Lionel Hutz. Yeah, this is because he says, why does this always happen to me when he loses? Yeah. Right? And I'm like, oh, they're going to... That's totally a Lionel Hutz uh, like character trait. Yeah, they're going to go further with that yeah. very soon. Um, and that other lawyer, the, the bigger one with the, like the Clarence Darrow type guy. Yes, I don't know who his name is. I can't remember his name either. I was trying to look it up and I couldn't find it because we don't see any of the two lawyers that we're most familiar with in this, in this episode. There's no Lionel Hutz and there's no blue haired lawyer. That's right. (laughs) So, um, what are we left with? I guess these These, guys. These two precursors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that I always notice, uh, well... For one, Lou is still white in this episode. Um, but also, Bob changes... Sideshow Bob changes the clown show for the better. Like, in terms of... In terms of quality. Yeah. And in terms of just... I think that's a joke, right? Is that yeah. Like, he's actually going to be providing some good quality entertainment to these children. Yeah. But the way he did it was not... No. The right no. way to do it. Yeah. Um... Did you like the name of the t- of the show when Sideshow Bob took over? I can't remember what it was. Sideshow Bob's Cavalcade of Whimsy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I did. Which is the perfect Sideshow Bob that name is, for a yeah, that kids is, program. That is a great. And what was great. the name of his uh, in his new segment? Uh, choices. <laughs> I call it choices. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great joke because then he goes to a set that clearly. Is all ready to go. Yeah, and so he was he was looking for some kid to talk to. Yeah, and he found it in Bart. He's the architect of his own demise every time. That's right, every time. Um, I also love how when they are taking him away, he's like he's like. Uh, that's my favorite joke. He's he's saying um, treat children as equals. <laughs> They're <laughs> smarter <laughs> than you think. They were able to take down me. <laughs> 
<laughs> you like see his madness. You see his madness, and you see his eyes bug out, yeah. and like and his his pupils get bigger. And I'm like, that's so funny. And like the the. The more I think about it, the more I kind of wish they went further with that aspect of his character. Because that's completely dropped once he comes back. Once he comes back, it's all about getting revenge on Krusty and Bart. And then he just becomes a, a Machiavellian villain. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have liked to see more of the, you know, he is a children's performer because he truly believes in what he's doing as a children's performer. Well, I think we'll find that that is still there. Because I'm, I'm actually going to disagree with you and okay. say that... I think it is still there, right? It's not as pronounced, but I do think it's still there. They don't explore it as much as they should, but it is always a part of his character, and he uses it in like in, in various different ways. We'll talk about that more when we get to the episodes, but I'm glad you brought that up. All right, I'm going to put a little asterisk on, on that, and when we talk about the next Sideshow Bob episode, we'll, we'll look for that. Yeah, yeah, we'll look for that. I... Right now, I, I'm thinking of the episodes, and I can't see any aspect of that character anywhere, so... Every time there's a Sideshow Bob episode, I am super happy. <laughs> and I'm... Up to season eight. Up to season ten? Really? Okay. I... You know me. I'm much more forgiving of the you Simpsons are. than you are. Um, I'm looking forward to season ten. I like a lot of episodes oh, in season boy. ten. Uh, I like a lot of episodes in season 11, actually. I'll go oh, so far as to say that. God. Yeah, there's a bunch of good ones in that. Like, um... <laughs> fine, I'll shut up. That's fine. I like the one where Homer we gets just a... watch season 23 and fucking shoot ourselves. Okay. What? No, I don't want to do that. That was sarcasm. Uh, Did we just enter a weird Simpsons pact? <laughs> Suicide pact? After season 23, we <laughs> we're, die. We're killing ourselves. We Alright, you heard it here first, everybody. Yeah. Listen to that episode That's... where we kill ourselves live on the air. Alright. It'll never get posted, though. <laughs> Damn it. We'll leave it we'll in my le- will. We'll leave a note for Allie. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. Post. Sorry. Please post this. <laughs> SoundCloud password. Password. Hopefully she can get it. Yeah, if she she's, doesn't, you know, we'll be she, fine. We'll be. She's we'll a be, lot smarter than we'll I am. She can so. probably type out the Hammock District on we'll third. Just, we'll haunt her. Sure, if she until do it's it. done. Yeah. Um, All right. <laughs> Bob gets to sing. Bob gets to sing. Wasn't that great? Oh, I love it. Uh, it's, uh, it's it's a little taste. For, yeah, it's just a little. It's just a little morsel of what's <laughs> about to come in season five in Cape Fear. Oh my god. Oh my god. I've said before that's my number one, right? Like, Episode of all time? Or? Yeah, that's my number one tied with um, Lisa's first word. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely my number two. Yeah. Um, so, when we get to that one, just one. loyal viewers, watch out, because we're just <laughs> going to be fawning over it. Yep. Uh, I think it only has one joke that doesn't work, if I remember. Um, so, what do we think of Krusty Gets Busted? Finally. Uh, yeah, definitely, I would say, my favorite episode of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. I, I think it's really well plotted. It's a yep. great example of what's to come with the show. Yep. Uh, the jokes are all all land great, and it gets a good uh, a good introduction of a now-iconic character. Yes. Um, who was almost voiced by James Earl Jones. That's Yes. Did you know that? Yes, I did. Yes. Wouldn't that be a different... Thing. Very. They would sing different songs, definitely. Yes, yes. But I, I believe James Earl Jones can sing. I, I, he, I he would sings love... in Star Wars, I'm pretty sure. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he sings the 
the lyrics to the em- to the death march. Yeah, well, and he sings Daisy, Daisy, where do my flowers grow or whatever the song is. Um, it's the it's a cover of the Tommy James and the Shondells song, Crimson Clover. That's the one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a special special edition. Yeah, he does that, not in the original. So. No, um, no. Sings it on the so Blu-ray. Don't, don't write into us saying we're wrong. It's it's on the Blu-ray. It's on the Blu-ray. No one bought that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, and I wanted to mention quickly as well that the um, uh, Krusty the Clown was based on a, a real clown that Matt Groening knew growing up named Rusty Nails. Which is I think you scariest, told me this before. The scariest name for a clown. But yeah, that's awful. That sounds like a serial killer's name. Yeah, oh... That sounds, I'm pretty sure it is a serial killer in the movie Joyride featuring that sounds Paul like, Walker. That's, well, that's definitely a serial killer's nickname. Um, don't forget Lily Sobieski. She's in that She's, movie, too. Yeah, and so yeah. is um, Zahn. It, that movie's, um, Zahn. The movie's a uh, not-so-subtle tribute to Duel. Correct. Yeah. And Fast and the Furious. <laughs> Everything's a tribute to Fast <laughs> and the Furious. That's what, Actually, Paul Walker made Joyride because he thought it was the Fast and the Furious sequel. Real? Oh my! Was yeah. he was he upset? He was like he was like oh Vin Diesel is Rusty Nails right? And they're like yeah absolutely. And they tricked him. They tricked him, man. That's why he never worked. What? That's why he wasn't in Joyride too. What is that? Why Sobieski he wasn't in was. Tokyo Drift? That yeah, because he was like I'm not being tricked again. What? It's all a, a big and tapest- Vin Diesel was in Tokyo Drift because they tricked him into thinking yep. Paul Walker was going to be in it. Yep. Oh man, there's so much conspiracy behind the Fast and Furious movies. Oh my, we should do an episode of that. We should. The Fast and Furious conspiracy. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Almost had it. Wheels came off at the finish yeah, line there. Good. <laughs> uh, let's talk Just like ab- in the movies. Let's uh, talk about the last episode in the season. All right. I know. Let's let's blow through it. Cause... I would I would just I'd be fine with just finishing right there and Me just too. and just On being done note. with this, but we have to do we it. We have to talk about it. Okay, so some enchanted it. evening is the last episode in the season, the first episode produced. We've mentioned this before. Yep. Uh the animation was shitty. I so say they... that it begins with a grotesquely animated opening sequence detailing Marge's unsatisfied home life and just goes down from there. Yeah. Uh, Homer looks like a zombie in the opening. I remember that. Yeah. He, like, finds a donut and he eats it and he's just, like, staring off. And I'm like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> and really they're eating, like, animals. Yeah. Like, not, not like, in a comedic not the fu- way. Not the funny, like, om, 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 yeah. that they do in later episodes. But yeah. just, like... It's just weird. It's just really scary. weird. Um, and I was, like, I, I couldn't imagine watching another episode of, uh, of animation that looked like that. Yeah. The backgrounds are hideous mm-hmm. and undetailed. And a lot of them are redone as well. Yeah. Like, the, 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 fi- the, the aired episode was... A lot of it was revamped. That's why they had to delay it, right? It's because that's why they're that's why they're two different directors credited yeah. on it. And uh, and a big problem with the animation originally was that uh, it didn't have the distinct style they were looking for, mm-hmm. which is the like a cartoon based in realism. So they were using more of a Hanna Barbera style, where it has the like really rubbery faces and really strange, like the doors would would look rubber when they get slammed, and just the animation that like just flows really weird. And yeah. You can tell it most. I feel most. Uh, uh, obviously, in the Mo scene, the part where Mo's giving Homer advice. Yeah, that one's like, oh, it just oh, has yeah, a close up no. of Mo's face for a while, and yeah, it's just the way he talks is just like so, like over the top and weird, and it's just it's so unsettling. I can see kids watching that. Mm-hmm. I can't see adults watching it in no. prime time. No, right? Like if there's Cheers on, or if there's Simpsons on, and it's that, yeah, you'll watch Cheers. Yeah, because it doesn't hurt your brain. 
Exactly. Right? Um, so, this is a weak episode. It's a weak episode plot-wise, and it's, you know, not helped by a lack of jokes and the terrible animation. I didn't find there were many good ones. No. Um, so the basic plot is Homer... Written by Granning and Simon. That's right. Uh, Homer is uh, a shitty husband, as we've come to see. Uh, Marge is really pissed at him, but Homer tries to make nice by, you know, bringing home flowers and candy. They they reconcile and they decide to have a night out. So yep. they, they go out dancing and eat, and have a lobster dinner and then go spend the night in a waterbed at a motel. Meanwhile? Meanwhile, they have to hire a babysitter for the kids and the babe, the rubber baby bunky bumper babysitter service, whatever it was called, uh, <laughs> has them, like, blacklisted. So they had to go out of that and it ends up being the babysitter bandit yeah. who's one of the most wanted criminals in the States. I guess. And he, she terrorizes Bart and Lisa and they capture her. And then she gets away, and that's the end. That's it. That's there the it whole is. episode. Um, uh, I wrote down, wow, Mo, just wow. Mo that was, yeah. Just awful. That scene was terrible. Yeah. Uh, Mo was originally voiced by someone else, mm-hmm. and then they redubbed it with Hank Azaria's voice. And he wouldn't become was, a regular yeah, guest Yeah, he was member. credited as a guest, a guest star in the first season. Yeah. Uh, which I didn't actually realize. Yeah, he'll be a regular in season two. Mm-hmm. Even though he's in almost all the episodes. Yeah. Um, also, the prank call is arguably the first written prank call. Yep. yep. So we can forgive the fact that it's not super inspired. Yeah. Alcoholic. And then later, uh, Oliver close off. Yeah, that's better. Uh, and by uninspired, I mostly mean Mo's response, which is basically, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like the beginning of what eventually will be, I'll cut your tongue out and paint my boat with it or whatever. Yeah. That he eventually Just does. some fantastic stuff. Yeah. Um... And I wrote down when, because there's, because there's the, um, there's the trip, there's the triple act in the, in the Simpsons, right? There's the three acts. The second act I found the most inconsistent because as soon as the, as soon as the, as soon as the, the show comes back from the black screen, uh, Homer's standing in the rain, ready to like make nice with Marge, right? Mm-hmm. And he's psyching himself up and I'm, and it's complete Walter Matthau. Yeah, yeah, his voice sounds very... Very different very, between acts. Very early, yeah. Right? And it's like, what? When did they record this? <laughs> and I mean, probably pretty early. Or, but the thing is, it didn't sound that way in the, in, right. in the first I wonder if they, I wonder if they re-recorded a bunch of them. Maybe. But this one they missed, because maybe the animation was fine in that that particular scene. Yeah, maybe. But, uh, yeah, um, <laughs> I just want to say real quick as well, the... The response from I think it was James L. Brooks. Here we go. When the uh, animation came back, was this, very succinct. This is this is this might be one of the most famous moments in Simpsons yeah. history. <laughs> it was simply this is shit. Yep. And that spurred them, you know, postponing the premiere and then making Simpsons Rosie on Open Fire uh, the main yeah. you know, first episode and all that stuff. That and it, I and I love it. I love that it's just very he's very upfront and honest about it. It's just this is garbage. Yeah, this it's is shit. Um, and he talked to the director and the animators, like in the animation house in the room, and that was it, mm-hmm. right? Um, the, they actually got in an argument uh, with the head of Klasky Kuzpo or whatever. Klasky Chupo. Right, thank you. Um, only ever seen it written. Yeah. <laughs> Never pronounced it. But, uh, and the, the head, uh, Mr. Chupo, yeah. I think, uh, was basically said, well, maybe it's just your shitty writing is why it, it's bad. And so that's a bad way to develop a relationship. Very bad. Um, is anyone is, is anyone like 
confused as to why Film Roman took over in the fourth <laughs> season? Nope. Um, no. Yeah. yeah. There's two guest voice actors on this episode as well. Are we including Hank? Uh, no. Three in that case. Okay. I, I, I didn't include Hank just because he's a regular. I yeah. Mean, he may not be technically at this point, yeah. but we know he is. There's Penny Marshall. Penny Marshall as the babysitter bandit and June Foray as the rubber baby buggy bumper receptionist and a couple other voices as well, I noticed. She's most famously known as Rocky from Rocky and Bullwinkle. Oh. So she was a very prolific voice actor. Okay. Uh, and like at the, the near the end of her career at this point. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So it was kind of nice that, that they got her on for, Cute. for a couple little... That's uh, great. Yeah, she's one of the happy elves as well, I think. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I can, I can pick her voice out pretty easily, so... Good. Um, Speaking of Penny Marshall mm-hmm. and the Babysitter Bandit, I... Her, her voice is okay... I think her voice is fine, but the, but the animation, animation just, ruins it. Yeah, it's true. Like, like she doesn't do a bad job. Yeah, like her but... voice. Her voice gives a, a kind, a kind of nice, subtle, menacing quality to it. Yeah, but yeah, with the with That's... the way the character designed and with the animation, yeah. it just makes it just weird, not not menacing, almost unwatchable. Yeah, for me, like every single scene is just grotesquely animated, and I'm yeah. just like, I don't. If there's I know one... I'm using that word a lot, but there's no other <laughs> word I can really use to describe it. It yeah. is that. It is just not. If there's one episode of The Simpsons in its entire run, I'm including all 26 seasons that I'm fine to never watch again, it's Some Enchanted Evening. I agree. I would gladly watch the Tomako episode before I watch this one, which you know how I feel about that episode. I do, but there's funny moments in there that is. one. Yeah. Um, that's all I have to say. Uh, you know what? That's all I have to say about this episode too. Uh, it's it's just not good. Yeah, it's, it's, there's nothing funny. I can't even think of any funny jokes. Yeah, not a good no way. Favorite joke? I don't have one. Yeah. I didn't write one down. Sorry. Um, so that's the first season, Greg. Yeah. What did you think? <laughs> uh, no, I mean, I mean, really. Overall, like, I, like it ended on a it ended on a sour note, but we were expecting. That. Yes, we we were ready for that. Um, yeah. You know what? Overall. There's a lot more to the first season than I initially gave it credit for. Mm-hmm. As a avid Simpsons fan who rarely goes back to the first season, mm-hmm. you know I've seen seasons three through eight mm-hmm. so many times that it's embarrassing. Um, but one and two uh, specifically, I just rarely go back to because I just I look at the episodes and I'm like, mm. meh. But uh, you know, looking at them now, I'm like, you know what? I remember and like uh, that's that's something I've enjoyed about doing this project too is that I've gotten to uh, go on record. With the things I've liked about each episode, and it's kind of fun, and it gives me a newfound appreciation for the first season. Um, still, obviously, finding their footing, and that's to be expected for any TV show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've long said that most TV shows need a season to become good. Discover what they are. Yeah, there's very few TV shows in existence that I think are good right out the gate. And Lost. Lost is good right out the gate. Uh, arguably, only good right out the gate. <laughs> Steady yeah. decline for that show. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. With the occasional high note. But anyway, uh, that's, a different, that's a different podcast. Uh, the Lost Boys, that's what we call it. G- garbage. Anyway. Just garbage. <laughs> we need to go not, back. Not your name. We need to go back. Not that name, because that name is excellent. Thank I you. I really want to do it now. Um, but I just have to remind myself. The Lost how... Boys subtitle, We Need to Go Back. Yeah. Um, oh, that's beautiful. God damn it. That is such a great podcast. We'll finish The Simpsons one first. Let's see about it. <laughs> it's just going to be me taking a giant dump on <laughs> the entire series, though. Not the first season. I'd no, be. it will be. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, because I'll be like, all of this is pointless. <laughs> all of this is pointless. What's what is what's the point of Walt? None. What's the point of his comic book? None. You know what I'd propose, though, if we ever did do it? Stop at season five. 
don't even talk about season oh the six. real ending yeah you mean <laughs> the good ending. the good ending <laughs> the the fade to white that's right that's a great ending i agree <sighs> that's uh that's a that's a whole other podcast stay as we tuned said. for the lost the boys, lost boys Colin, we need to go <laughs> back <laughs> um but yeah uh season one would you would you be able to name your top three episodes from season one i would yes um it would be crusty gets busted mm-hmm. um life on the fast lane huh actually and oh god um simpsons roasting on an open fire great yeah uh i'm very similar uh crusty gets busted number one yeah life on the fast lane number two mm-hmm. and i would say the telltale head is number three fair enough i i think of all the, <laughs> the rest of the episodes they're all very middling or mm-hmm. terrible and I think Telltale Head's the one that's the most iconic to me, so that's why it's my number three. But it's got there's 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 moments in each episode I think that have standouts like um, Cowboy Bob, sure, um, anything with Albert Brooks, <laughs> <laughs> Cowboy Bob, Jacques, uh, uh, that the the one line that Jacques says, uh, the the scene with Jacques. Teaching scene, Marge bowling. The, the oh, Cowboy Jack. Bob's yeah. uh, big yeah. speech. Um, there's <laughs> the the great moments with Barton the bullies in the Telltale Head. Um, the, uh, the the moments in um, Mo- Moaning Lisa. Yeah. Where where Marge become like becomes like the the mother that Lisa needs. Mm-hmm. Right. I think those are those are all those are some good episodes. Those are all some great moments. moments. Yeah. Um, Bart, there even Bart the genius. I said I enjoyed the the parts where Bart played, like like actually became closer with his father. Yep. Um, Mr. Burns in um, just in general. Yep. I think is a is, is a great find in this series, um, and he's becoming more and more of a centerpiece of the show, which mm-hmm. is great. Um, specifically in the the episode where they go to his house, there's no disgrace like home. Right. Um, even though it's not entirely Mr. Burns that we know yet, we get, we get parts of his character. We get parts right. of his character and it's like mm-hmm. the hounds will be released, which is going to be a great running gag. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's, there's good stuff in all the other episodes. None of them are terribly solid, but I wouldn't say any of them are terribly bad except, except for some enchanted evening. Uh, the other thing I just want to say to wrap this up is the thing I really appreciate about the Simpsons in general, and you see that happen as you go through season one, is they, they're really good at creating a world. By that I mean Springfield. World building, the, yes. Yeah, the, the building of Springfield with characters who are alive and, uh, you know, serve their role and keep popping up. Uh, you know, you have your chief of police, you have your mayor, you, the mayor hasn't shown up yet. That's, that's but, uh, important. You have your newscasters. <laughs> you have your newscasters. You got... Uh, the, the businessman. You got the power plant. You got the Bolarama. Yep. Um, which is... Quickie Mart. You got, yep. You got your Quickie Mart. And the just, school. <clears throat> the school with Skinner and uh, all the bullies and all the other chil- children. The staff of the school. It's all it's all a rich tapestry. And it's, it's something that, uh, you know, we mentioned parks and rec earlier but that's one thing that parks and rec takes from the simpsons mm-hmm. and that's mm. the reason that show very, is very much good, is that very it builds much. the city of pawnee yes with characters that re- recur but aren't ever necessarily at the forefront yeah and i think that's the key thing with the simpsons and that's also i don't want to get too far ahead of myself here but it's also one of the simpsons downfalls is i was they, waiting for you to say that is once they start making an episode all about the comic book guy for yeah. example oh <laughs> Because those characters should be on the periphery at all times. Yes. We should focus on the family 
and every so often some characters that relate directly to the family, i.e. Krusty. Yeah. But never the ancillary characters like comic book guy. There's some exceptions that we'll get to as we go through the golden mm-hmm. years. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of Apu. Yeah. Uh, he has some good uh, episodes all about his character. Yeah. Uh, again, they tie it well into the Simpsons family, but... The Troy McClure episode. Troy McClure episode is a great example. Um, Might be on my top twenty. Any Mr. Burns episode, I'd say. Uh, I think that 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 like you can count Mr. Burns in the in the crust. I think so. Yeah. Category in the, in the uh, relates directly to the family. Yeah, they always with Mr. Burns is they always manage to make it relate back to the family yeah. in a non-contrived way because it never will be mm-hmm. because Mr. Burns is Homer's boss. That's right. Right. That's why and like Krusty will never be in a contrived way because the Simpsons well Bart will always want to help out Krusty no yep. matter what because he's his he's hero, hero. Yeah. right um, and like I never like Mo episodes but I understand why they would be able to do those episodes sure um, because he's one of Homer's friends God knows why <laughs> uh, we'll get to that though yeah um, but you look at something like uh, 22 short films about Springfield, yeah. where they specifically do things about all the characters, and that's the perfect way to do it. It's yeah. just little snippets. Yeah. We don't need to see little everything. One-offs. Especially, like, uh, one of my favorite ones is, like, when they cut Professor Frank off. Yes. That's just great. It's like, we don't need to see you. You're the worst. You're, yeah. not, even, you're not even a character. <laughs> you're a Jerry Lewis impersonation. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean Professor Frank is the worst. I find him very funny. Oh, I love him. Yeah. Uh, there's, it's just good that he's, I don't, to my knowledge, he's never had a full episode. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. He's played larger roles. Yeah. But he's never had like an episode based around him. I couldn't identify one on the top of my head. Yeah. For sure. Um. Disco Stew, however. Has he? Mm Mm-hmm. You're kidding. Nope. When? Late. Like, around 20. He was a one-off joke. He's a joke, yeah. He's, he should be a one episode joke. He was created in the episode Two Bad Neighbors. Yes. For that (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah, Disco Stew is one of my least favorite characters for that reason. That makes me because physically ill. in that episode, it's the funniest thing in the world. Yeah. And then they bring him back inexplicably because they're like, oh, that was, everyone liked that character, let's put him in. It's like, no, he was there just because that's a funny joke. Disco Stew. Who's Disco Stew? Doesn't We're supposed advertise. to say Disco Stud. Hey, Disco that, Stew doesn't advertise. Like, that's so funny. That is really great. Bringing him he's... back for no reason is just stupid. Yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway. Uh, predictions for season two. Um, you know, I've seen season two quite recently because I actually bought it on iTunes. Oh, nice. Um, so I can tell you that it gets a lot better mm-hmm. real quick. Yeah. Um, like the, the quality of the episode starts to, starts to shoot up. Um, right off the top of my head, um, the episode where Burns runs for governor oh, yeah. is in season two and that's, that's two a really... Two cars in every garage and three eyes on every fish. Exactly right. And that is a really good episode um dead putting society i oh, enjoyed I like that, that episode one, yeah. um two uh three men in a comic book oh yeah that's a good one um and lisa substitute lisa substitute probably one of my favorite episodes of all time so we have a lot to look forward to we have a lot to look forward to we've made it through the slog i we've think made so. it past the low point of the series yeah i well f- the series that we're gonna be talking about yeah anyway. that's right <laughs> i'd still call some you know what i would agree with point. you yeah so much kind of evening is at least dead. there's some imagination in the in the long plateau and at least it's watchable yeah <laughs> like we had to force ourselves to watch this it's episode, true yeah guys. it was it's not good no um but that about does it for us on this episode of Two Bad Neighbors. If you have any uh, corrections or omissions or uh, uh, just comments, 
um, please give us an email at thehammockdistrict on third at gmail.com. Or you can leave something on our Facebook wall. We check That's those. True. Yep. We check that all the time as well. Um, either way is a good way to check up with us. And we will, if you do leave us a comment, we will almost most definitely read it. Yeah. Unless for the, some reason we start getting like a hundred a day. Yeah. Which, that'd, be, <laughs> that'd, be so, that'd be terrible. Yeah. I wish that would happen. I do too. We could get sponsors that yeah, way. That'd I be could great. quit my menial job. <laughs> <laughs> Live Educating the youth of tomorrow. Keep reaching for that rainbow. That's right. Will there Never ever be, be a, a rainbow? rainbow? <laughs> anyway. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good night. And have a pleasant tomorrow. When you're near such an air of spring about it I can hear a lark somewhere begin to sing about it there's no love song finer but how strange the change from major to minor Every time we say goodbye